It's good to see y'all in the house of the Lord today. If you have your Bibles in, I hope you do. Turn to the book of Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter. Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter. We'll begin reading in verse 1. Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter, beginning in verse 1. Amen? Y'all got it? Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up. That means imprisonment or in prison. In the court of the prison saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is His name. In other words, Jehovah God is His name. Now listen to this. Verse 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things. That word mighty means inaccessible things, or unsearchable things, which thou knowest not. Now keep your Bibles open because we're going to be looking at uh, several Scriptures today. And uh, let me, uh, we're just going to look at these three little verses and let me preach to you or visit with you today about I can call God when I need Him. And you saw that in the third verse of our text this morning. Now, here we see while Jeremiah is confined in the courtyard uh, of, of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him, and our text tells us, the second time. Now, while Jeremiah is, is locked up, we're told that the second time God has talked to him. And this is what God, the word that God gives to Jeremiah. God tells Jeremiah a message to tell to Jerusalem. In other words, the Israelites, God's chosen people. He said, this is what's going to happen. The Babylonians are going to come down from the north and destroy this city unless you are willing to repent and be sorry for your sins and ask for forgiveness. But, but God would restore Jerusalem after this transpired, not because the people cried out to Him, but because it was part of His ultimate plan. You remember God said when it came to the children of Israel, there would always remain a remnant. No matter what happened, there would always be a remnant. But something else that I noticed as I was studying this, the king at this time was Zedekiah. And Zedekiah did not like this message from Jeremiah. And he didn't want to repent. He didn't want to be sorry for the way he was living. He didn't want to ask for forgiveness. And what do people normally do when they don't like the message? They don't like the messenger. And so King Zedekiah threw Jeremiah into jail. But now here's something that really jumped out to me about this little story. When you look at at this, 
Jeremiah is locked up for doing exactly what God told him to do. Jeremiah is doing the will of God. And to me, something don't seem right about this situation. It seems like uh, 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 when, when I'm obeying God, when I'm doing God's will, when I'm doing what God asked me to do, when, when I'm trying to live the best that I can, it seems like to me things are supposed to be running along pretty smooth. That things should be hunky-dory. That, that things should be somewhat uh, flawless. Uh, I would hesitate to use the word perfect, and I'm afraid too many times that's the way we think. But, and you should have saw that coming because that is not the case, unfortunately. In fact, the Lord Jesus, and you can flip over if you want to, to the Gospel of Matthew, the fifth chapter, in verses 11 and 12, it says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you. In other words, when, when, when you are insulted by someone, or you are abused by someone, or you are condemned by some someone. But the Bible says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Verse 12 goes on to say, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Now I want you to look at Jeremiah's issue. He obeyed God and yet people still mistreated him. They insulted him. And they locked him up in jail. But let me go back to these verses that we read in Matthew because Jesus said to rejoice when you're persecuted. Now, you might be sitting there saying, why? Well, persecution can be good because of four things. First of all, it, it takes our eyes off of earthly rewards. Secondly, it strips away superficial belief. Thirdly, it strengthens our faith of those who endure whatever we're going through. And fourthly, it says a lot about our character. Because our attitude through it serves as an example for others to follow. So, while Jeremiah is going through this difficult time, if you will, this time of trouble, when he is dealing with these storms that have come into his life, in the center of this, this dim, this vague, this blurred, this unclear moment, what does our text tell us that Jeremiah is to do? He's too told to call on God. That's what our text says. To call on God. This tells me that when we are going through some stuff, some difficult times in our lives, some situations that we would just as soon not be into, that we need to call on the Lord. Now here again, you may be saying, why? Well, because God assured Jeremiah that He 
has only to ask. Go back to your text and see what your text says. God is ready to answer our prayers, but we must ask for His assistance. Why? Why do I need that? You may be sitting there thinking, surely God could take care of my needs without me asking. Yes, He could. But when we ask, we are acknowledging that we are not ten foot tall and bulletproof. We are saying that that we can't handle this alone. We are saying, God, I need a little help. That we cannot get ourselves through, accomplish what we want to in our own strength. And, 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 and besides, why would we want to try to do that when God has so much power in His domain to do whatever or to help us through whatever we need? So call on Him when you're in trouble. Call on Him when you are in pain. Call on Him when you are being abused. Or call on Him when you've run out of ideas. You just don't know what to do anymore. Maybe you're in a situation where you have tied the knot in the old end of the rope and you're hanging on for everything that you possibly can and you just don't know what to do anymore. Call Him when you have done all that you can do. Just simply call on the Lord. So what I want to do here now is I want you to turn to the book of Psalm, the fourth chapter, because I want to call a witness to the stand. And the witness that I'm going to call to the stand today to back me up is King David. You know, King David was going through a time of difficulty in his life and he called on the Lord. And, and, and when you get to Psalm, the fourth chapter, we're going to see that David made a request from God. Or he made a request to God. Psalms 4 verse 1, he said, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. In other words, we need to remember to call on the Lord when we are in trouble. You see here what we see David knew that God would hear him. And when he called, and not only would he hear him, but he would also answer him. Now, we too can have that kind of confidence. We can have that confidence that God listens and answers when we call on Him. Now, sometimes we may come to the conclusion in our own little convoluted minds that, that we think God will not hear us because we have fallen short of His high standard of holy living. But I want you to understand something, folks. God has forgiven us and He will listen to us. So when we find ourselves in a difficult situation and we start calling on the Lord, we start praying to Him, and we feel like our prayers are just bouncing off of the ceiling, remember that as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have been set apart by God and that God loves you. Never forget that. He hears and He answers. 
Although His answer may not be what you expect, He answers. And I'll have more to say about that in a minute. But here's what I want you to do when you find yourself in that difficult situation. I want you to look at your problems in the light of God's power instead of looking at your problems in the shadow of your problems. Looking at God in the shadow of your problems. So Jeropine is called and told to call upon the Lord. And it also says God would reveal to him unsearchable things or inaccessible things. And I may tell you that the same God that promised Jeremiah that, that promised to disclose the great and unsearchable things to Jeremiah is the same God that will reveal those same things to you and to me. Now, you might be sitting there asking the question, well, Pastor, how do I call on God? What do I need to do to call on God? Well, the first point that I want to make is this. We call on God by bowing down on our knees. When is the last time you found yourself in such dire straits that you got down on your knees and prayed? Like you've never prayed before. Maybe even all the way with your face to the floor. Because you didn't know what to do. You were at your wit's end. I want to show you something. I want you to turn to Ephesians, the third chapter. Ephesians, the third chapter. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. Well, you're going to begin reading. I'm going to kind of be paraphrasing. But I want to show you what Paul has to say about this. That... We call on the Lord by bowing down on our bended knees. A lot of times I will hear people come to me and say, you know, I, I, I've been praying. I've been praying really hard. And it just don't seem like I'm getting the answer. And I look at them and I say, I don't see holes in the knees of your blue jeans. So how hard have you been praying? Now I want you to think about that. Are y'all in Ephesians, the third chapter? Look in verse 1. It says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, how that by revelation He made known unto me the mysteries, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when we read, we may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Verse 5, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of man, as it is now revealed unto His holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of His promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. Now I want to just stop right there for just a second. You remember Paul. Before Paul was Paul, Paul was Saul. And you remember Saul was on that road to Damascus when God confronted him. 
And he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And you remember he was struck blind. And God sent him to a particular place, to a particular man who healed him. And he said, I want you to take my message and spread the gospel. And you remember Paul tried to take the gospel message to the Jews, but they rejected him. And so, what did he do? He said, fine. Y'all don't want to listen to me? I'll go to the Gentiles. Oh my goodness gracious, we've created an issue now because the Jews and the Gentiles detested each other. They could not stand each other. But Paul said, I've got a job to do and I'm going to do it. And that's part of this unsearchable mystery, inaccessible mystery, was that God was bringing the Jew, I mean the Gentiles, into one family with the Jews and we were to become one body on Christ Jesus. That was part of the mystery that was being revealed to him. Now I'm in verse 8. Unto me, whom am less than the least of all the saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Verse 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Christ Jesus. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose, purpose which He proposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. Wherefore, I desire that your faith, not as at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. I need to read that again. Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause, I what? Bow down my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you see, Paul himself bowed down and called on God. That's the first point that I want to make. Now, how can I call on Him? Well, we can sing praises unto Him and we can worship Him. You remember Paul and Silas when they were in jail. The Bible tells us that they started singing praises to God. And then what did they start doing? They started praying. So I want you to look in 1 Chronicles, the 16th chapter. Verse 8. First Chronicles 16, verse 8. You might not be there, but I'm going to move on because of time. He says, Make known among the nations what He has done. Talking about God. Sing to Him. Sing praise to Him. Tell of all His wonderful acts. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. Remember the wonder He has done, His miracles, and the judgments He pronounced. 
We have to know and we must know that, that God will answer us when we cry to Him just like David. He answered David when he cried to Him. He answered Jeremiah when he cried to Him. Also, there are times... Now listen to me. I told you all ago that, that, that God may not answer the way we expect. There are times when He doesn't answer the way we want Him to. There are times when He doesn't answer right away. There are times when He says, just wait a minute. And that's the one we really struggle with. We can get yes, and we can get no, but when we're told to sit and wait, that's the hard one for us because one of the things we detest is having to wait. But that's one of His answers. But the thing about it is, when He does show up, He shows up at exactly the right moment. Right on time. So what David is saying, going back to that fourth song, what David is saying, he is saying, pay attention. Pay attention to how God has been faithful in the past. Look at what God has done before. So while you're waiting for an answer, you won't lose hope. And you won't grow impatient. The Lord said, call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And then God proceeds. Now go back to Jeremiah. Go back to our text. God proceeds to tell Jeremiah exactly what He intends to do for Israel. In other words, God gives Jeremiah some very precise, very detailed, specific promises for the people. I want you to look in verse 7. Jeremiah 3, verse 7. Here again, you read because I'm going to be kind of paraphrasing. First he says in verse 7, I'll bring Judah and Israel back from their captivity. What did I tell you all ago? There would always be a raiment. So the captives, whoever was taken captive into Babylon, God was going to allow them to return. He says in verse 8, I will cleanse them and forgive their sins. You remember what, the, what the, the condition was a while ago? Jeremiah said, if you will repent, if you will seek forgiveness. What I want you to see by that right there is no sin is so great that it can't be forgiven. You know, God can forgive you. God can make your record clear. But you have to do a little bit of the work. Verse 9, he says, Your name will be the name of joy and praise before other nations. It will have honor and be renowned. In other words, God is telling us that we need to let God be our strength when we feel weak. We need to allow God to be our fortress when our enemies are against us. We need to let God be our refuge when we feel like we need to retreat from life pressure. And then he goes on and says in verse 11, there will be the sounds of joy 
and the voice of gladness. And then verses 14 and 15, he says, That day I will raise up my righteous branch who is Jesus. Folks, I want to tell you something. There are some promises laid up for you as well. I can hear the Lord saying specifically to this church that He is going to bring us out. I can hear God saying specifically to this church, I will forgive you of your sins if you repent. I can hear God saying to this church, I will restore the name of this church and it will be a name that people will rejoice for and others will rejoice with you. I can hear God saying to this church, I will raise up the name of Jesus to be this church's main focus. My question to you today is Jesus your main focus. What a promise. What a promise He made. You see, the Lord shared with this man of God, Jeremiah. And He made promise after promise to Jeremiah. He shares these promises to him in fragments. In other words, he don't give him the whole load at one time. He just gives him little pieces to give him the confidence and the assurance that everything is going to be alright. Now, I want you to listen to me now. I don't know what is going on in each one of your lives. And I don't want you to think what I am fixing to say is insensitive. But you have issues in your lives just like I have issues in my life. We're all going through a whole bunch of, and pardon the extra, the, 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 the words that I'm going to say, I just, country boy, I don't know how else to say it. But we go through some crap from time to time. And we see a bunch of stuff going on in this whole world. And it seems like we're just bombarded, that we're just inundated with one thing after another. And sometimes we just don't know what to do. We don't know what to think. We don't know how to respond. And the thing that I want you to understand, just like he told Jeremiah, it's going to be alright. Do not forget who is in control. God is in control. God still calls the shots. It's going to work out the way it's supposed to. Now don't think that I'm sitting here telling you that your life is going to be hunky-dory, peachy, creamy. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us that that's the way it's supposed to be. If you don't like what's going on right now, you better buckle up and take a seat because it ain't going to get better. But it's going to be alright. Because God is still in control. He still pulls the chain. He still pushes the button when it needs to be done. So don't forget that. Don't forget who's calling the shots. 
I want you to understand. I'm going to show you this. I want you to know that when we call out to the Lord, He will hear us. He will answer us. And He cares for us if we'll just hold on to the promise. And and call on Him in our time of trouble. And remember what the Bible tells us in Romans 8.28. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to His purpose. How do I know everything is going to be alright? Because we just call on the Lord. And the songwriter said it this way. This song is called, I Can Go to God in Prayer. And verse 1 says this. Makes no difference what the problem is. I can go to God in prayer. Yes, I have this blessed assurance. I can go to God in prayer. You know, we sang that song, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Maybe you need to read those words to understand how important it is because God will take our gloom, God will take our sorrow, and God will turn it into light. He will comfort us He will strengthen us. He will keep us. I can go to God in prayer. And the chorus goes like this. I can call Him when I need Him. Our Father up in heaven. I can go to God in prayer. I can go to God in prayer. But I really like what verse 2 has to say. It says... But sometimes my burdens are so heavy. When your burdens seem heavy, do you go to God in prayer? Or do you just say, well, I guess I'm just going to have to push a little bit harder to make it through. I have found one who is so faithful. I can go to God in prayer. I can call Him when I need Him. Our Father up in heaven. I can go to God in prayer. Call on the Lord in your time of trouble. And He will answer. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank You. We thank You for the time that we've had today. The time that we've had to spend in Your Word. To hear Your Word proclaimed, Father. And we just thank You for this message today. Father, help us cling to You for our strength. Help us cling to You and know that, that, that Your promises are real. All we need to do is to call on You and to ask. Father, we just ask that You watch over us and care for us as we leave this place today. That You continue to protect us in this very trying, very challenging time. Father, we just ask that You watch over us and guide us and direct us and forgive us where we fail You. 
Father, we've got a lot of folks that are not here today. We've got a lot of folks on our prayer list. And we just lift each and every one of them up to You. Father, the need is there. And we just ask that You meet that need. That You be with them in this time that they're going through. Father, we just love You. We thank You for all the good things that You give us. We certainly pray that You will bless us with some rain that only You can provide, Father. And Father, just go with us now and bring us back at the next appointed hour. It's in Your Son's name we pray. Amen.